and welcome back to the Thunder Six Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Kreider, and today I am actually joined with a guest, Nick Talbot. Uh, please introduce yourself. Hey, my name is Nick Talbot. I've been a Thunder fan since the 2008 NBA season, uh, which uh, for any of you guys who didn't know, that's when the Oklahoma City Thunder moved to Oklahoma City from Seattle. I've been a huge fan ever since, been through the ups and downs. Um, of all all the days that uh, the Thunder have existed, and uh, I can't wait to join you guys today. And thanks, Ben, for having me. Yeah, for sure. And uh, as you can tell, it's a great guy to be around. That's why I had to bring him on. But um, today, uh, we're going to be going over. Originally, I was just going to be talking about like some season expectations, some predictions, and some hot takes. But last night. On uh, is it? I think it was Monday night. I don't even know my days right now. <laughs> yeah, I think it was it Monday. Was Monday night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Thunder announced that they had waived point guard, shooting guard Frank Jackson, and I know that I have a really strong opinion about this. What do you think about this? I think it was absolutely just disturbing to see from Sam Presti. Um, I mean, Frank's been doing good uh, this preseason. I enjoyed watching him ball out. I think he was good at um. Uh, moving the ball around and facilitating an offense. And um, it's just sad that it came down to this. Um, For but sure. I, uh, and Sam Presti, we trust is what I got to say. I mean, Sam Presti, you guys have planned, and we're just all living in his world. We're living in his world right now, and we have to be able to uh, – we, we have to trust in Sam. So Yeah, uh, we got to adapt to what he's saying. Yeah. And yeah. I, I do think that – I guess that is a kind of a strong point you have there. I think – Frank Jackson did an extremely good job in the preseason. I mean, he was doing better than Lou Dort. I mean, there no. Here's the thing: I could go down a list of players he outplayed. There's just too many of them. I, yeah, I mean, he's he probably was in the top fifty percent of the team easily. Top fifty percent. I'm talking top ten percent. What are you talking I mean, about? I mean, he played better <laughs> than Lou Dort. Dort. Uh, he did better than Justin Jackson. Okay, we can talk about Justin Jackson. Yeah. On pop. He did not perform well, but yeah, I will. I will say this about Frank Jackson: he played. He played all three of the games. He averaged twelve point three points, he two rebounds, 50%. two rebounds, and an assist. And like Nick said, fifty percent. I think it was from three and just yeah, in 50% general. Yeah, fifty percent and three. That's a good player. That's who we should be keeping on our team. That's ridiculous yeah. that that we got rid of him, honestly. But I mean, it's just it, it's it's part of basketball. And I know we had to go down to to fifteen players. And um, well, do you think he should have been the one cut? I, I don't. I'll tell you honestly. Who do you I think t- it, who? Let me ask you, Ben. Who do you think it should have been that was cut? That's a great question. I was just about to go into that. Thank um, you. I did. Actually, I think it was yesterday's recording. I was saying my top, I think, three or four guys that I thought were going to be waived. Number one, Kenrich Williams. He's 26 years old. Personally, I like him, and I'm happy he stayed on the team. He shot 18% during preseason. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but let me eighteen percent. He should have been the first one in the road. Let me just let me just back up my statement a bit. Okay. I don't have the stats on me right now because. Personally, I just don't keep Kenrich Williams stats in the back of my mind. I really apologize. But I think he averaged like 2.6 points, three rebounds or something, and like 2.6 assists. Is that correct? It sounds right. I mean, okay. I don't, I don't yeah. keep Kenrich Williams in my head either. But Yeah, so. Yeah, on here for the preseason, it says uh, he was uh, averaging 2.7 points per game, according to my, oh my, my stats here. 
uh, one steal per game, 2.7 assists, and three mm. rebounds. Yeah, so I was pretty close. I'm going to give myself props. And he also was uh, averaging 1.7 fouls per game, so he was foul prone. Okay. <laughs> well, anyways, the thing with him, with Kenrich Williams, even though he shot really bad in the preseason, like Nick said, I think it was 18%, yeah. In his career with the Pelicans, he's like a 30% three-point shooter. And the, his shots, the so, shot selection he would have been getting with the Thunder, those are some really high-quality looks he got from three. And he plays the three, and he plays at the four positions. I think we – I like Kenrich Williams. I just thought he'd be cut because he's on a $1.7 million deal, 26 years old. I thought if there was one to go, it would be him. But there were also there were also two veterans. I think Ariza and Miller, both on expiring deals. Ariza's was like 12.8. Miller's and was like And we don't even know if he's going to play this year. Yeah, he's dealing with some family issues. The Thunder, they're on his side with it, so they're comfortable with you know helping him out through the process. He's been dealing with stuff since the bubble. But, you know, he's 35 at this point. Does he fit our team? I don't think so. If he was on the team right now, without a doubt, he'd be our starting small forward. You agree with that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, he's proven himself throughout his years, and um, I think he would be great veteran leadership to some of our – because, I mean, majority of our team, we're really – we're oh, a young absolutely. team. And um, I think that these guys need somebody to look up to to – I mean, not necessarily shape their game around, but somebody to take bits and pieces from their game. And I think that Trevor Ariza would be a good mm-hmm. guy to learn off of. Yeah, I think he's a good leader, but just the fact he wasn't with he's not with the team as of right now. And also he has a bit of trade value. That twelve point eight million dollar expiring, there's playoff teams and teams who want to make a splash in the twenty twenty one free agency, they'd want to trade for Trevor Reza. So I thought sneakily, even since they waited so long in a Monday evening, I thought that Ariza could get moved. Same with Darius Miller. He came off an injury, seven million dollar expiring. I was thinking maybe like he would just get waved straight up because I don't think he contributes much to a contender coming off his injuries. Um, but yeah, I thought he could get moved too. And a secret like dark horse was Ty Jerome. Oh. And it's so ironic because Jerome will have a huge piece in this offense. However, he didn't play at all in the preseason. And I just didn't see the way the roster was. I didn't see Jerome filling in. Jerome's already 23 years old. He's a six foot five. He can play the one or two, right? Yeah. But we are clogged up at point guard. We have SGA, George Hill, Maladon, Jackson when he was on the team. Yeah. And then at shooting guard, you got Dort, you got Diallo, and Jackson when he plays. Jerome didn't fill in there, and he has not been a good three point shooter so far in his career. He's like a 28% I've been, three I've point been disappointed by, by uh, multiple guys on this team. And, uh, one guy who I was a little bit really skeptical of coming in for was definitely Ty Jerome. Well, um, I I don't really think you can make a conclusion on him because he didn't play. He didn't <laughs> play, but I'm still skeptical. And I, yeah. I mean, Sam Prest, you must know something that we don't. Absolutely. As, as podcasters, um, he, he there might be something that, that we, we know or that he knows that we don't know. So. Yeah, I think uh, it was a really bold move. And I would have personally, I thought Frank Jackson was great with us. 12.3 points off the bench. That's pretty good. I mean, I, I just don't see it. Um, if a team does pick him up, which any they, team should, they're gonna be they're gonna be good. Yeah, he's gonna be a he's guy. He's a good sixth, seventh man off the bench easily. Yeah. Um, as and he's he's young, he's talented. He's 22 years old. 22. He's younger he's, than Ty Jerome is. Ty Jerome. Yeah. Is. I mean, we we got stuck with Ty Jerome. At least we got rid of TJ Lee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> TJ Lee and Schofield are gone, but 
I think what it, I think compared to to Jackson, I, I'd be more sad about Jackson than Lee. I Just would, in my yeah. in my opinion. Sorry if that goes against what you're thinking, but I don't know. I personally, and I said this last time, I think a Jordan Clarkson role for him would be perfect. Take over the offense for ten minutes, and if he's hot, if he gets in double figures, you let him stay on the court. If not, it's fine. You bring somebody else on the team and let like Maladon play. You let Diallo play, Dort play. It doesn't really matter. You just you pull him out if he's not playing that well. And I'm really upset about it because he, I think he had a real chance to resurrect his career. And when I'm looking at OKC's rebuild, I'm comparing it to Sam or yeah Sam Hinkie with the 76ers. He got guys like Rocco. He got TJ McConnell, undrafted guys who really didn't have an opportunity anywhere. Gave them the second chance. They became great. I saw that in Frank Jackson. I did, too. He was a good fit. Yeah, and now he's gone. I mean, he was in one of the best rotations of our preseason. Maladon at the one, Jackson at the two, Kenrich Williams, and Poku. You can kind of flip them around. They were in there. And Muscala, and even Roby at times. The Maladon-Jerome lineup was great, and you throw in Roby. That was a real threat off the bench, and now we just don't have that. And I'm completely heartbroken about it. I, I am too. I mean, it's definitely a tough decision, mm. but one player did have to go, and like I said, Sam Perez, he might see something that we don't in the yeah. long run. Yeah, I just don't see it right now. Um, and unfortunately, I'm not the the, man, the general manager. You're the man up top, huh? Yeah, I'm not the man up top to be able to go back and make said decisions mm-hmm. any better. Um, but in Presti, we trust. Just a just a quick hypothetical before we go on to the next segment. Um. Who, if you were in Presti's shoes, who would you have waived? I'll, do you want me to start first, or yeah, yeah, you go at first. Okay, so personally, like I said, I think Jerome might have been the odd man out just due to minutes. I know with Leaf being gone and Schofield being gone, they both kind of played the three and four spots. Justin Jackson was not impressive at all in yeah. the preseason. Do you have his stats pulled up right now? I do. He shot twenty three percent, twenty three point five. Yeah, 23.5%. He shot 20% from three, 50% from the line. He averaged a half turnover, two fouls. Uh, he got the, five points per game. You know how many minutes he was playing? Uh, he was playing uh, 20.9. Wow. Yeah. He was just, he was not productive at all. And if he wasn't shooting the ball, I think here's the thing with him before I talk about that. He's super sluggish. You can't play him at the three. He's nope. six foot seven. You can't play him at the three. You got to play him at the four. Yeah. And that's, just... that's a small position. He's small for that position. Yeah, exactly. You got guys who are playing the four who like seven AD. Feet. Yeah. He's seven foot. And uh, it's just, a, it's just, I didn't. Yeah, I was, a... uh, to be honest with you, I think it was going to be either him or it was going to be our boy. Uh, your boy. Ty Jerome, yeah. Your boy, Ty Jerome. Huh? <laughs> he played so much, I didn't remember his name, but Ty Jerome. Yeah. Um, I thought those were going to be the two, one mm-hmm. of the two who were going to be cut. And uh, Ty Jerome, coming from Phoenix, I know that D-Book was high on him. I gave him praise. And Presty's high on him, too. Yeah, Presty must. He's smoking Ty Jerome right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to comment real quick on Jackson again. Um, If he wasn't shooting a spot-up three... He was driving in for like 15-foot floaters, and I don't think he made a single one. He shot like seven of them. All of them were short. Some of them might have been air balls. <laughs> Just his play style doesn't fit the team. 
And I get, I think he might have been the 15th pick a couple years ago. I get you see potential in him. I'm sorry, man. He's 25. He didn't show much in the preseason. Frank Jackson showed a ton, and he's 25. I, I was, I, I mean, I'm still bummed about the decision. Yeah. Um, there's it, nothing we can do. I mean, yeah, there's nothing that we can do except sit here and complain to you guys. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, Justin Jackson, it just was an, it was an atrocious. Hopefully, he can pick things back up. Because, I hope he can too, because I mean, if you're watching this, I mean, power to you because you're in the NBA. Justin and, Jackson. Hell, <laughs> we're not in the watching. NBA right now. We're just talking about it. But um, if if you're listening to this one, man, you need to work on those uh, those three pointers. You need to work on your floaters. Uh, take some take some advice from Al Horford or somebody like that. Um, there's another the big floater man. specialist, <laughs> Al Horford. <laughs> somebody somebody's in the position to be able to make. Yeah. Uh, shots and has been doing it for what is Al over thirty four so probably fourteen. Yeah. He's been he's been for, he's been playing for a while. He's been and for I will a while, talk so. about Horford um later. But okay. yeah, I do think Presley saw something in him. Jackson's on the team for a reason. But yeah, um, moving on to the next point, I do want to bring up just some higher or lowers entering um this year's season. First off, just in the win column, higher or lower on this? You think? 25 and 47. I'm thinking a little bit higher. I'm thinking maybe 30 win team. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I'd like to see. I mean, I kind of want to tank for Cade Cunningham. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know him. He's out of Oklahoma State University. He's a good <laughs> and player. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's he's a good player. Um, I'd rather I'd like to see a Cade Cunningham type player. He's yeah. going to be a top five pick next year in the <laughs> NBA draft. Um, so I mean, I I wouldn't mind going 10 and. Well, how many games? We got points? seventy-two, so that'd 72, be 10, 10, 62. 10 and sixty-two. So, yeah. and they they changed our schedule. It's usually eighty-two. I so. mean, I mean, with the adjusted lottery, even if we are in this bottom three, we would have like fourteen percent odds. So, I don't know. Even if we were tanking and we were ten and, and ten and sixty-two, we I may mean, not even they, get. I mean, like the Jets were trying to tank and they messed that up. Yeah, they they botched that up. Yeah, they did. <laughs> that was a pretty disastrous day huh. for them. But are you trying to compare the New York Jets to the Oklahoma, Oklahoma City Thunder? I think I kind of am, actually. I mean, you just said they were going like 30, 30 wins. Well, I mean, that's 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 at our high point, but um, it depends on uh, what coach Coach D wants to do. Coach D, <laughs> Coach D. <laughs> Well, yeah. Coach, uh, I, I can't say his Mark name. Mark Dagnall. Yeah, Mark Dagnall. Uh, mm-hmm. Coach D. Um, Coach MD, so um, so you think thirty and um, I th- I mean that's at our high point, low point. I'd say about twenty. That's that's considering thirty wins is considering we play perfect every game. We have no injuries. Uh-huh. We have no team fights. We don't have any of this or that. Mm-hmm. That's just being a so so. You're taking the higher. You think? I'm taking the higher. Okay, and and I'm gonna have to agree with you. I have them at twenty seven and forty five, and the reason I have that. Um, I know the West is super competitive. I think the Spurs and the Kings are some bottom dwellers in the West. I don't think they're going to have less than us. I think the people that would have less would be all in the East. But anyways, I think 27 and 45 is a a solid number for us. SGA is going to have some breakout games where he's dropping 30. Baisley is super underrated right now. He's way underrated. Yeah, I think he will have performances where he can lead the team. I see him as an all-star this year. Anyways, (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I see. Well, I mean, D base people are sleeping on him now that people are gone. He's gonna be more of a role player, and he's gonna have his time to shine. Yeah, for so sure. I think it's gonna either be a noticed 
or B, it's going to be more. Yeah. Like, so you think Baisley will have some games where he can contribute? I think he can. Yeah. But here, I got one comment as well before mm-hmm. we move on. As long as we win our game on December 29th against Orlando, which is my birthday, it'll be a happy birthday for me. So, I mean, it's we're playing the Magic. So. I, yeah, that, that may be one of the games that we would win. I, I mean, they don't have Jonathan Isaac right now. We're playing so. Mo Bamba. Well, I mean, Jonathan Isaac. I think Vucevic is the center right now. <laughs> so. Jonathan Isaac, uh, if you listen to this, part of your uh, ACL or whatever happened definitely, in the bubble. Definitely. Uh, maybe, okay. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> I completely agree with you on that. I hope that is a happy birthday for you. Thank you. Um, and I got one more question for you. Have you, have you discussed? I I kind of listened to some of your podcasts. Have you have you talked about your uniforms this year? What do you think about your uniforms? <laughs> can, can we go back to that in a little bit? <laughs> yeah, we go I'd back. love to go back to that in a yeah, little bit. Okay. Um, just back on the the win the win column thing. I think if we had Frank Jackson on our team, hate to go back to him because he's not with us anymore. But don't you think if Frank Jackson was coming Lynn off the bench, he'd get a little bit. 34-34. I think he got a raw deal. But anyways, I I'm saying he, 27. I think he got the short end of the yeah, stick. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I have him at 27 and 45. You said you have him at 30 and 42, right? Yeah, yeah I have him at 30 and 42. I think there's going to be a mm-hmm. couple shockers. Maybe a against like the Lakers or somebody. Or... You think we're beating the Lakers? I think we might be the Lakers. You might be the Golden State Mark it boys. up. Mark it up, folks. Yeah, mark it up. If the, if the Lakers win, uh, I think we play them in uh, January as our first meeting with them. Ah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll make sure to keep notice of that. And then, But the one game I do have circled on my calendar for sure is January 15th. It's versus the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Against Donovan again. We already played him twice. Oh, I mean, we didn't. We played Donovan half-heartedly. This is real. They media. played. They played us half heartedly too. Oh, man. Yeah, well, they we had second. It's gonna. Out. It's gonna be a Billy Billy D's return, the official return. Well, if the other two did not count, yeah, the other two didn't count. That's preseason. It doesn't go on the stats. But another game I have circles on the thirteenth. We're debuting our new uniforms. That's gonna be against the Los Angeles Lakers. Awesome. And like I said, we'll go back to the jerseys in a little bit. Yeah, that's, um, I, I, yeah sticking, I about small things like that. Sticking on to the higher and lowers. Next up, we got Shea Gilgis-Alexander. 25.5 rebound, 5 assists, uh, five assists stat line. So higher or lower? 25-25 or 25-5-5? 23-5-5. Five, so you can go higher and lower on every okay, stat. Okay, so 23 points I think is going to be higher. I'm, I'm saying more of a 25, 26 mm-hmm. key rotation player. Uh, rebounds, you said three, correct? I said five. You said five. I think that's going to be about, uh, we're probably going to go about lower. Like a four? About you think? four, four and a half mm-hmm. per game. I'm on assist, you said five. Three, five? Okay. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go higher. I think he's going to be a, a key, uh, ball mover this year. Mm-hmm. He's going to be one bringing the ball up, uh, for Thunder this year. I think, uh, get some good, good looks into an Al Horford or, uh, just the other guys. Just the other guys. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think, I think, but uh, SGA. I know he's young, but I, I've already seen him showing some leadership to these mm-hmm. even younger guys. Some of them are even older than he is. <laughs> he's showing them how to play ball, and uh, I think you saw some good things from him in the preseason. I did. I, I saw some good coaching moments, and um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I uh, I had a stat line projection. I thought the twenty three was right on the money. Okay. Um. I have four rebounds. I do think since he was kind of that combo, like point guard, shooting guard, with Chris Paul gone, Schroeder gone, 
he's the main point guard, and I think he's going to be just as good at rebounding, but he just won't have as many opportunities. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Al Horford's going to be in there cleaning, cleaning it up. Yeah. yeah. I, I just think as a point guard, you're really not That's not that's not your crashing place. the boards. Yeah, that's not your place. Mm-hmm. I think your place as a point guard is to be uh, moving the ball and getting down court really And that's why I have his assist is higher. I have it at six, and I could see it as high as seven. Um, I saw him in the preseason games. I was looking at the tape. In transition, he is so good at passing the ball out. He has 0 to 100 speed. Like, he will stroll up the court, and just out of nowhere, he starts blazing. And he catches his man off guard. He forces help. You got two or three defenders on him driving inside. And that leads to some wide-open corner shots. And when you have guys like Mike Muscala out there, Al Horford out there, he can dish it out to them, and that's going to be a wide-open look. And we saw it multiple times. Every single preseason game, I think he was ha- he dropped like four assists in his preseason. I don't even remember how much he was playing, but if he was only playing 20 minutes dropping four assists, he's going to be playing 30-plus this year. Yeah, so I, I mean, think there's, six there's or no seven doubt. Time. I mean, SGA, I have the stats pulled up right here. Yeah. He's playing 21.2 minutes per game. Mm-hmm. Um, he was shooting a solid 41%, uh, 50% from three. Fifty uh, percent? I thought it was it not. Lower? Or no correction. I was reading the wrong. It was twenty. It was it? twenty. Yeah, yeah, I was looking at Darius Baisley. Yeah, future Hall of Famer right there. Um, I mean, he's... he he had four assists in those twenty-one minutes. Yeah, correct? twenty-one minutes. Yeah, and he was averaging twelve point seven points per game. So double mm-hmm. that, he'll be averaging about twenty-five. Ah, uh, that's some good good math thinking right Thank there. Yeah, I'd like to credit my algebra teacher. And all my teachers. Awesome. Okay, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I, You know, and I think that he did have shooting struggles in the preseason. Um, And the reason I don't have him jacked up to 25 or 26 points like you do, he's the focal point of the offense He now. is, and, and there's going to be people who's going to be coming after him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of his points are going to be like breakaway, fast break opportunities if you do have them. And ISOs. ISOs, pick and rolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he might get the – the big guy on him or somebody and I yeah I I agree with you and just my main thing on why I think the points will drop down with Chris Paul Chris Paul gone his his rotation like his his role at times was to catch and shoot off of wide open looks like from Schroeder or Paul he's that guy who's going to be getting shots open for the Muscala's the Baisley's the Horford's of the world so the roles are reversed and and the George Hill's George Hill as well. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's going to have less of those opportunities. And just on, I think defenses are going to be game planning around him. And he does have a bit of a funky jump shot. He can get it off at times. But people may be closing out on him a bit tighter. So getting a shot, a, an open look, will be a little bit tougher. That's why I have him at 23. So I like that, yeah. Yeah. So the next guy I have, Lou Dort. Um, oh. The over-under on him from three point. Thirty two percent from three. Lower. Lower? What Lower. do you, what are you thinking? Twenty one percent. Twenty one percent. Why why do you think that? I mean his jump shot <laughs> <laughs> uh, he needs to work on his jump shots. He needs to take some uh some lessons from from like the lethal shooter or somebody like that. You think so? Uh, lethal shooter, shout out to you. Um he's a great um he has he has a potential but there's a reason why he's being left over open so much last year. And and I will say, he was left open in the preseason, and he shot one for seven from three. However, I do want to say, to your point, he had so much confidence in his three ball in the preseason. And in 
I mean, in the the playoff series against Houston, we saw it was atrocious. He, well, no, I'm gonna stop you right there. The first couple games, he was hesitant. Yeah, and then I don't, he opened up because and nobody in game him. seven. In game seven, he went like seven of fourteen from three. And there's been countless times over the course of his rookie year where he was shooting above fifty percent from three. But the but the bad times outweighed the good. And I think you're right. He's inconsistent from there, and he needs to sure up. I don't. He was not that good from three in the preseason. But if he continues to get open looks, I'm also going to be taking the under on this because I just think 32% from him is pretty high. I'd say like a good benchmark is 30% from him, and I could see him being low. Yeah, because that. in preseason you're shooting 14%. And one for seven, yeah. <laughs> he was actually shooting 9% field goals. Yeah. 9%. He, he, I mean, he had better days. He did. Um, he only played two games, 20 minutes per game. Yeah, yeah so the sample points. size was small, and I think it could get jacked up. He just – I like the confidence. I think he can build up from it. You say under. I also say under. He needs to work with our shooting coach. Okay. <laughs> uh, just for laughs, like what do you think his stat line could be for the year? Two, one – one i'm i'm completely calling i'm calling you out i don't think that's realistic yeah, I think at all it's two one one i think two he's points. gonna be the starting shooting guard by the way he's well, I mean, gonna have open we, looks. guess who we had as starting shooting guard who who <laughs> dort was the starting shooting <laughs> no, 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 guard no, no, last a couple year years ago. it was by the name of andre roberson are you comparing him to andre roberson i am i think he's roberson did not you can search up roberson right now if you'd like i guarantee he did not average two points a game in his role he averaged zero <laughs> okay um i'm just gonna say what my style line is because right, nick yeah. is nick is totally just undervaluing door right now oh well, i think he's good on defense and he does he's great his, on defense he, he has his roles there i just think that on <laughs> offense he's not good on offense i mean seeing the shaky the, the, the shaky the, yeah. the shaky way he played in the preseason at the nine percent yeah only averaging two points per game i think he'll have his games where he you think shine. he's going to be averaging that in the regular season based on what i saw in the preseason it was not not pretty so. okay well i think it's going to get jacked up i say eight to nine points a game for him he's really good inside already and if he's given the lane he will he will score and he's gonna have wide open corner threes i think he's gonna have at least four threes a game just wide open oh they just he'll hit one of those uh, bare minimum he's hitting one of those maybe, i'm sorry maybe i think it's for sure he'd hit well one of those. i mean okay so so if we're if we say that he's gonna be in the in the role of shooting wide open corner threes i'm thinking more of maybe three to four points per game Okay, <laughs> I just Compared think to you, I'm gonna go with the four one one. Okay, I I'm sorry, I just think that's a little bit low. I I still think eight to nine points, three three and a half rebounds is kind of realistic. One assist and on defense is really active, so I could see anywhere from like a steal to a steal and a half. I see about a steal and a half. I see like yeah. a, a Paul George. I see a Paul George mentality on defense. A Paul George mentality on defense, on defense. and then I see a block from him as well. So I see, I see a half. Block so it him. sounds like we got a common ground here. We yeah. both agree that he's good on defense. He's good on defense. He's singing two points per game. Um, if Vegas odds had him two points per game, I'm betting millions of dollars because that is going to get crushed. Sorry, um, but. <laughs> <laughs> luckily, we don't live in Vegas. Luckily, luckily we do not live luckily in Vegas. Luckily, we live in the great state of Oklahoma, uh, so yeah. All right, moving on to the next player, Darius Baisley. I have a Future t- Hall of Famer, first ballot. I have a 12-6-2 stat line. Do you have higher or lower? Higher. 
Okay, 12 points. Let me start with that. Higher 18. Than 18. 18. Do you think his role is just going to be that big? I think it is. He's a key player. If you look at him, um, I'm sad to see Abdul Mater uh, go because they worked yeah. they work together well. Um, same with Dennis Schroeder. He got he got uh, my boy Darius some wide open looks, and um, I think but Darius basically he's he's good. He knows what he's doing. Um, I mean I think he just needs to be a little more fluent in what he does. Um, but there's gonna be points where he's gonna have his breakout games. So you and think 18? I'm thinking 18. And then next for re- rebounds, you said six. I said six. Yeah. I say eight. That's what I have, too. I have eight rebounds per game. And what about assists? I have it at two. Two, I have it at four. Four assists? Wow. This guy, he's going to be something special. Could... But here, here's my here's my thing. With SGA getting all this attention, I think somebody has to step up. And I see that as he's, he's either Pokerchevsky. I'm, I'm going to botch this. I don't, I'm not going to. Pokerchevsky. Yeah, Pokerchevsky and our uh, Darius Baisley. Uh, maybe maybe in uh, Theo Maladin. You think those guys will have more looks? And I agree. Yeah. Um, eighteen points is really high. Um, four assists. I I do kind of see why you would think he'd have that high of assist numbers. Uh, we got to keep in mind he's a power forward, but he has shown that he is a threat with the ball in his hands. He's I have a, I have more as a small forward in my. In like, he's a power forward on our roster right now. He's a power. Well, forward. I mean, based on the way he plays, and that's what I was gonna say. I agree with you. His play style is a small forward. Play. Yep. Yep. I think speed-wise, uh, athleticism-wise. I think Al Horford's more of a true power forward. Al Horford's a center, <laughs> man. I think the way the way they can – well, I mean, the, the game is changing every single year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just see Al as more of a, as a four, but we don't have anybody to play a five, so it's just going to go on down to Al. So. Yeah, he played a bit at power forward um, with the 76ers. He's more of a true five, I think. But with Baisley, I think he's shown he can play at the four. Offensively, he's more of a three. The speed that I said, ball handling, he got limited roles as the ball handler in the preseason, but he showed out. I think he was averaging around two assists in the preseason. Darius Basil, I don't, why don't we take a look and fact check? There's a uh, 2.5 actually. So. Wow. So he was distributing the ball, and he he's really, actually doing really good. Yeah, he really wasn't the primary ball handler. He was getting he was getting six and a half rebounds per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, about one of those were offensive. For like 8.5 points. Maybe. 8.5, yeah, yeah, points. So he was playing really well there. I think as a ball handler, if he gets more touches, four. I think that's high. Um, if I was just to give you my whole entire, like, higher or lower, uh, I have him at 15, 7, and 2. I actually may even take the rebounds up to 8, because that was a very good, a very convincing speech by you. Thank you. Um, ESPN, I have him in my fantasy team. I got him really late. I think he's a complete steal. He will be given a ton of opportunities, like 30 minutes per game. SGA will be freeing him up. He will have the chances to ISO a power forward, which power forwards, traditional bigs will not keep up with Baisley. Either you sag off and he hits you with his three ball, or if you play tight on him, he will go right around you. So I think 15 is a good spot for him. Rebound-wise, he is like a seven-foot wingspan, so he should be able to get some rebounds yeah, there. Some boards, yeah, And then I think two assists, as I said, I don't know how much uh, of a role he will have um as a playmaker but he's very good at driving and dishing uh when he's given the chances so i do think 15 7 and 2 with him now the next person uh nick has been talking about him pretty much this whole entire time al horford for this one it's a bit interesting 
Do you think he will have a trade value of a first round pick by the trade de- trade de- trade deadline? Trade deadline. Yeah, it's, this it's, it's, year. Use our words, right? Okay. Um, personally, I think he does. Um, I've watched him. I mean, I also watched the Boston Celtics a little bit. Um, I, I he has he has potential. I mean, with the Celtics, I remember he's averaging near fourteen points a game off fifty five percent shooting, and he had seven rebounds, four assists. Um, about in about 25, 28 minutes, somewhere in there. Um, he does have the ability to be worth a first round pick. I know he is thirty four years old, and his salary is outrageous. His salary is outrageous. Yeah, he's making around twenty seven million dollars over the next three years. So no, he's six. He's six nine. Yeah, six foot nine <laughs> inches. So you think he's going to be a valuable enough center by the end of the season or the end of the trade deadline? A team would want to give him a first round pick, like um, a protected it, first. It, well, if we put other other stuff in there, if we make it a, a fair deal, uh, I think it could be worth. You think a team would be off would be offering a first to him? Well, maybe if like there's some other assets involved. What do you think his stat line would be? Because in the preseason, he was he was hardly playing, and he was dropping like 16 points and eight rebounds. Do you think he can keep that up? I think he can. I think I can see him as a 20 point man this year. 20 point man. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I know I'm being generous, but you are being very generous. I mean, like, maybe more like a make like, like a 16. 17. I do think 16. I think he could be 16 and eight. I think he could too. It just depends. I mean, like every player, they're gonna have their games. So there's gonna be different. I mean, every defense is different. Every deep. I mean, no, no two team has the same exact players. So I mean, there's gonna be defenses where he's gonna be exploiting them, like uh, based on different things. So there's gonna be uh, places where he can uh, exploit them, and it's gonna be a uh, overall. I see some uh, some positive momentum. For Al Horford, so you do think he? I do think he can drop sixteen and eight. I think even if he is dropping sixteen and eight. I'm pretty high on him as well. I do think he should be able to rack up like 15 points and eight eight rebounds. He pretty much has. He's one of the most consistent centers in the entire NBA. Even if he's dropping those stats, that contract is gigantic. Making 27 mil over the next three years, he's 36 years old. I don't know what contender would be willing to do that. The only teams who would even I could even see trading for Horford would be like a Toronto of some sorts because their center is now Aaron Baines, Abaka left to the Clippers, yeah. and Marcus All left to the Lakers. I think Aaron Baines is a sneaky good center in the NBA, but if he's not able to, to you know, prove himself yeah, or there's that, an injury, yeah. I think I think what could happen is Al Horford might be a last ditch option if they truly think they can push, uh, for a championship this year. Yeah. Which I don't. I mean, the East is always wide open. It's never a guarantee. Yeah. yeah. And the East is subpar to say the least. So. Yeah. So I think if a team like the Raptors need a center, they could call on Horford. Um, I still don't know about a first round pick. I think that's a hefty price to pay for such a gigantic contract. Yeah, I mean, the only, I'd say the a only, center, the only, or like a second round pick. The only turnoff is that contract. Yeah. Everything else about him is he's a stellar player. Yeah. He's got the. He's got the. Uh, I mean. He's got the abilities. He's proven his abilities yeah. um, throughout his playing career. Um, and he, he's reliable. I mean, he, he does miss a couple of games a year, which is also a turnoff. Because um, I'm looking at stats right now. He played 67 for uh, Philly and 68 for Boston. And those were 82-game. 82-game season. 82-game season. So there is a little bit of inconsistency, uh, which could be the injury. Um, so... 
I mean, and then his reaction to that to that uh, Darius Baisley dunk, I think that alone makes him a first round. Ah, uh, you think so? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good dunk. I should have talked about that when we were talking about Baisley. Yeah, Darius Baisley, he's a good dunker. Al Horford is a reaction of the year. Good, good, uh, good veteran presence. I think that's what you can get from that. Yeah, he's kind of a hype man. Huh? He is a hype man. He's yeah, a hype beast. So I, I think Nick had him on the higher. He thinks he's worth the first. I say he's around a second. I think even if he is dropping sixteen and eight, the contract is kind of steep. Yeah, the contract's the only thing that's yeah. Tough. If it was like a like a twelve to fourteen million dollar contract, which where which is with what it should be, mm-hmm. it'd probably be a little more cuter to give him a first round pick. Yeah, yeah. To the first round pick uh, basketball team. But you still think that he'd be traded for a first <laughs> if he can keep his stats up. Okay. Um. Now, moving on just some of the bench guys, I want to start with the rookies. Uh, Teo Maladon. He's going to be great. I I also kind of agree with you there. Um, the over and under on him, I have, will he be averaging over 20 minutes a game? Would you like me to go first on this one? Yeah, yeah, you? you go, you go in. Okay. Since I've been going yeah, first. we'll change it up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm picking the higher on this. I'm thinking, like, just a notch above it, 23 He's six foot five, uh, so he can play the the point guard and the shooting guard in the preseason. He dropped twenty points in his debut against the Spurs. Um, he was making shots from everywhere on the court. He was on fire. So yeah, nice. and in the pick and roll, he looks he looks like really really good in in the pick and roll. I think it was with Isaiah Roby. He was coming off the bench with Roby. Roby was setting screens for him. I think Roby's the perfect role man for him off screens, just to point that out. But yeah. he Maladon is so good at creating space. He like at, coming off the screens, he will back into his defender, create spe- create the space, get that defender out of the way. It's a two on one while he's driving to the basket. He will bait his defender he will bait the defender down low, whether it be like a fake pass or a fake shot. He'll get the defender swaying one way, and he'll do the opposite. And that's what gave him a ton of points. And even shooting the ball. I think he was 2-for-2 two two in his preseason game, in the first preseason game. And in his second, I think he was good as well. Uh, he has shooting potential inside. I think in the pick and roll, he's already great. I wouldn't expect him to be an ISO guy. He's pretty slow, but he makes up for uh with his high intelligence in the pick and roll scenario. So I do think that he is going to carve a role out on the bench at the 1-2. and two. What do you think? I think I'm going to go over on this one, too. I'm going to go with about 24 minutes per game. I see him about playing half the game. I see him averaging about 10 to 12 points. 10 to 12 points off of the bench. Yeah, My He's got goodness. potential. I mean, like every player, like I've been saying this all day, he's going to have his breakout games, um, especially against certain teams uh, where he can exploit their weaknesses. Um, and I think he's going to be a good player where he's able to shoot the three consistently. He can, uh, like you say, he can hit shots from anywhere if he wants to. Yeah, and in the pick and roll, he's in the pick and roll, dominant. He's dominant. Not I mean, that's his place. And so I think if the Thunder use that to his advantage, he can have a very well potential. And I might even see him sneaking in the starting lineup for a couple games this year. At, at the one or the two, you think? I think at the two. Yeah, I, I could see that maybe. If there's like... You know, they're testing out lineups right now. Yeah, I mean, we don't have a small I mean, forward. You could move Dort up. I think he's been playing small forward small, in the preseason. Yeah, he has been playing, yeah. Slide Maladon in at shooting guard and I, see what happens. I think that's something that I'd like to see uh, from Sam Presti do yeah. is, is to use some different lineups this year 
um, to kind of find... Which he has said. He has said that uh, he will be swapping rotations around a lot. I, I just think that Coach D, uh, Diggin, Dagnall, Mark Dagnall. Yeah, yes. Mark Dagnall. I think that he's been impressed pretty soon from uh, Teo, uh, Maladin. And, yeah, uh, for sure. I, I do think that That's he, why he's given her so many minutes. And yeah. He's almost averaging 30 minutes per Was game. he the leader in the minutes? He was the leader in minutes. So. He only played two of the games, but yeah. he did play Yeah, well, I mean, next up was was Poku. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to... So he's, he's playing the rookies watched. a ton. Yeah, um, I mean, next after that is SGA. He played all three games. Mm-hmm. So they um, did see a lot. They did, they did see a lot. And uh, I think that... Uh, I think Teo has... Uh, he has potential. Yeah, and, uh, so he's going to crush that 20-minute mark, you think? And I then think he's going to go for about 24. 24. Do you think the stats that you came up with, you said like 12 points. Um, I mean, he's averaging, I mean... I think the sample size, I think he got <laughs> juiced up opportunities in the preseason. But I do like what you said. Well, do you ten, think, maybe 10 points, maybe 8 points. Do you somewhere. think, I, I'd say around 7 to 8 points is where I'd mark him at. Yeah, um, I'm going to go 8 to 10. I'm going to go 8 to 10. Okay. Uh, I mean, that's a little bit more. I mean, knock you down a couple pegs. Well, I mean, there. it depends on depends on what if he starts or not. I mean, I'm, this is like for assuming he might be starting 20, 30 games this year. I I'm under the impression he's starting the season off the bench, man. Maybe I mean, he too, develops. But, I mean, like I mean, building in like if he's developed well, I think he can easily get that opportunity to start. Yeah, I I I agree with you there, and I think. Maladon was one of our biggest bright spots in the, in the preseason, and right. that's why I think he's going to be playing so so many minutes. I think, like I said, twenty three. The both Poku and Maladon, people were wondering where the starting point was, and that's what that's what the media was asking uh, head coach Mark Dagnall in media week. Like, what's what's the starting point with these guys? And he didn't even know. I think in the preseason performances, both of them showed. They're starting on the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think they're going to be playing. Yeah, they're not going across the street to Cox Convention. Well, actually, uh, I believe that they do not have a home right now. So they are looking for another arena. They are? Yeah. What happened with Cox? Uh, I forgot exactly what. You, the... can share, you can share that with me after the podcast. Yeah, so they That's, actually don't so have So for home. those who don't know, the blue is the G League. I think they I think they're well aware, bro. Well, I mean, there might be some random person watching this. Yeah, so yeah, the blue Shout out shout outs to you if you made it this far in the podcast. So we we appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. So the blue we were wondering if they were gonna start with the blue. I don't think so. And I think the opportunities they they shined. I think they will continue to get more minutes. So that's gonna that's kinda segue into the next rookie. Alexei Pokachevsky. Pokachevsky. Uh, do you think he's going to be shooting over 35% from three? No. I'm going to take the under. Uh, what do you think? I'm thinking about 30, 28, 29, 30. With Poku? Really? Yeah. He was jacking up a ton of threes. Well, he was shooting. I mean, look at the stats right now. He's averaging 6.7 per three, or per game from three. That's how many attempts he was launching? Yeah, during the preseason in his three games. Mm-hmm. Um, he only made 35%. Exactly, and that's the benchmark right there, 35. So you think lower. I'm going to go about 30. Yeah, about 30. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go. I mean, I think that teams seeing him jack up that many threes is going to draw attention to him. I think he I think he was. I will say this, though. He was given the green light completely to shoot in the preseason Yeah, games. I mean, but I think Coach D is going to realize that he needs to maybe put a yellow light on that and a yellow light. A yellow light. <laughs> Slow it down a little bit. <laughs> Slow it down a little bit. Um, 
Not not a red light. Um, I just see maybe a yellow light. So, do you think he's going to get less reps? Do you think the shot selection will be higher, though? Because if he, he was shooting 35% off moving threes, yeah, step well, back threes. I mean, but he. These were fairly, like, these were not the most open shots. I think if, if he's getting limited reps, wouldn't you think the shots would be better selected? Like, well, I mean, he should have a better shot selection. Uh, that's that's just part of the learning game as rookies. You got you got to find your your taste. So and, you so you think I'm not trying to take words out of your mouth. Oh, go ahead, anything. go ahead. So do you think that he's going to have like he's going to have less possessions from three, obviously, compared yeah. to preseason? But you think that he's just going to be a little trigger happy, maybe? And I, that's some... that's my that's my fear with all rookies is that they think they're top of the world and. They are going to be jacking up shots. Yeah, they're going to be jacking up shots. That's my fear with every rookie. It's no, no disrespect to, uh, to, Poku. to Poku, for sure. But it's just like, I mean, sometimes you got to realize where your spot is. And I think, I, I know I saw you just getting the green light in preseason. He just needs to be put like on, on a yellow light. Just turn to yellow. I mean, not like, a, not like it's been on yellow for three seconds. Just like kind of like, you know, like stoplights. It goes green, then yellow for like three seconds. I think we're about a second into that yellow. Um, so so he, needs, he 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 doesn't have to like. He doesn't need to like like. He, there's still time to go through the intersection. I mean, okay, <laughs> that is a really great comparison. I don't even know how to track that. But anyways, <laughs> I'm gonna pick just a little bit lower. I think 33 to 34 percent. And his shot selection, Poku looks very very good in this preseason. He was creating shots for himself. I forgot exactly how many points he was dropping. Oh, it it might have been like 11 points. Yeah, it was something. 11 even. Really? So, yep. yeah, he was putting up a ton of points there. He's really mobile. He's 7 feet tall, 7 foot 3 wingspan, super duper mobile, Um, and he was able to create shots on his own. I think, really, what he was showing in, um, in the preseason, it's going to be the same kind of shot selections, dribble pull-ups, catch and shoots. His release is super duper fast, by the way, um, so he's able to just He's able to catch and catch and fire with you just blinking your eye yeah, in yeah. a blink of an eye. But I mean, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I uh, I think that he he will be pretty much having the same exact shot selection, just on a smaller sample size for right now. Yeah. Um, something that's kind of like underrated in his game, rebounding. He almost had a double double in our preseason games. He had yeah, like he nine rebounds, nine point three rebounds. Yeah. Uh, eight. 8.3 of those were offensive. One, or defensive. defensive. My, my apologies. goodness. My apologies. If that was the case. He would be the greatest rebounder, rebounder of all time. All time, yeah. <laughs> um, one offensive, 8.3 defensive. Yeah. Um, he's getting 1.7 assists. Uh, he did, one thing that uh, did stand out to me was he the three turnovers per game. He had three, but you need to keep in mind that he's kind of. He's jumpy. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I think, like I said, he was just given the green light to do whatever. I mean, but he, 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 had came, a couple he came turnovers. second you know, on team and re- or uh, turnovers per game, uh, just behind Isaiah Rogi, who averaged three point three. I think per game. I think maybe the nerves might have kicked in or something. I mean, it's that's going to be dropping down, man. Come I mean, on. I hope it does. Um, that's just that to me. That's that's the only red flag it's I the see. The jitters. It's, it's. I mean, it could be the jitters. It's a rookie, but I mean, also the two point seven fouls per game. That's not much. That's um, kind of that's some rookie mistakes, though. I think. I mean, it, it all comes down to rookie mistakes, and I think that he needs to maybe engage himself in a better, better way, and um, just just be smarter. It's it's a forty eight minute game. I um, yeah. and there's gonna be your you're gonna have your times, and uh, not not all time is go go go. Sometimes it's more like slowing down and taking a little bit more easy. So I think it just comes with being a rookie. Um, is you just got you just gotta take your time.
I do think he needs to take his time, but also I do like the opportunities he's been showing. So I I I kind of get where you're coming from, but I don't know, man. I think Poku has a really bright future. I think and... he does too. I mean, he could. I mean, I usually see him as as probably a a good rotation player. Uh, yeah, yeah. Years I think I he's going to be coming off the bench, and with the, I mean, just his skill set, he can he can handle the ball, he can shoot super duper quickly. He's actually really good at blocking shots, by the way. I don't know how he did in the preseason, but I know in um in uh, Serbia, I believe, when yeah, he's getting zero point three blocks per game. Yeah, so he had one block over those three games, but yeah. over in Serbia, he was very good at rejecting shots, and just the frame of his allows him to close the gap between defenders fairly well. He just needs to be sure that he doesn't get caught in one of those those little legs sticking out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he may fall victim to that. Yeah, but. so he just needs to be careful on his closeouts. I like the potential with him. Nick thinks that uh, three-point-wise he's taking the under 30%. Yeah. I'm thinking more 33-34, so just yeah. a tad bit under. Um, another, another one in terms of threes. Hamadou Diallo. Oh. Uh, he is a. Before I give you this stat, I'm going to mention he's a career 25% three point shooter. Yikes. Do you think he will be shooting 30% from three? No. Do you think he's going to stay around 25? I think he's going about 27, 28. 27, 28. So a bit of improvement. A little bit off career. I mean, I think every player. Uh, what, what's he in his fourth season now? Um, Third. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> he's been around for a minute. I know he yeah. won a dunk contest a couple of years ago. Uh, with the signature of Shaquille O'Neal, um, but I think I think twenty seven, twenty eight. Um, as every player, they get better year by year until they reach about year fifteen, and they kind of fall down a little bit. But I think you're comparing uh, NBA players to LeBron James. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But yeah, um... I, I mean, Hamadou is good at what he does. I just think he needs to just be a little more smarter, like every player does. Yeah, I think um, he, in terms of finishing. He's really elite. Like, defenders just typically sag off of him, so they let Diallo shoot the three at will. Diallo kind of just knows that that's not a strong suit. Yeah. So he'll drive in on one or two defenders, and he can hang up in the air and get a decent-looking shot somehow. So he's very good at that. And then rebound-wise, he's secretly extremely, extremely good at rebounds. Yeah, offensive, I mean... Offensive rebounds... Um, I think he, I forgot, he might have like 1.7 offensive rebounds a game. Um, so. Yeah, in the preseason, he's averaging two and a half, so. Two and a half yeah. offensive rebounds. No, just rebounds. Just in general. Zero offensive rebounds. Diallo. All right, well, I'm looking at the wrong player. Yeah, um, I, okay, Wait, just disregard that. Yeah, disregard, I was looking but at uh, Lugan again. I'm, I'm just going to say that Diallo's very good. He will hang up in the air and get the offensive rebounds Yeah, he's getting 1.7 offensive. There uh, you go. Uh, 5.7 overall. So around 30% of his rebounds came on the I offensive end. to the viewers. Yeah. <laughs> so about 30% came on the offensive end. Those are his two strong suits. Um, three ball wise, if he was able to get things together, I think off the bench, he'd be one of the best players. Like from an offensive standpoint, he's going to be the most well-rounded bench guy, uh, on offense. If you can, if you get him like 35% from three, make defenders stay up on him, he'll get by you and he'll just dunk on everybody because we already know he's one of the best finishers in the entire NBA. But just going back to threes. I'm taking a bit of the under as well. Um, I think his jump shot form in general, I'm not a big fan of the mechanics. He yeah. like flicks his wrists like a, a couple times, makes it kind of line drives, drive shots, 
falls short a, a ton. Yeah. If it's there, it's there, but he's really never been consistent. So I'm thinking around, I think you said 27%. Yeah, I said 27%. i am going to go with that. But moving on um, to another guy off the bench who really impressed, Mike Muscala. I've, uh, I've always liked Mikey. Yeah. I think he's been a good, uh, well-rounded asset to the Thunder. Absolutely. Um, he was good coming off with in with Schroeder and all that. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, I think his hard work is going to stick off or pay off. Yeah. And he's going to stick out this year. I I can agree with you on that too. And the over and under I had on him was if he'd be a double-digit scorer. And just giving a little bit of uh, my opinion on him first, uh, I think like in in the preseason. He was lights out from three. He was a 70% three-point shooter in the preseason. <laughs> you don't have to check this. You can take my word for it, Nick. 70% three-point shooter. Uh, he was all over the place. He's very good at just hiding behind in plays. Um, I mean, he's, he, he knows what he's doing. He's, exactly. He's a veteran. Yeah. So what, what a lot of things that I saw from him. SGA would start taking the ball up the court. It looks like a normal transition play is going to break out. Mike Muscala purposely lingers behind the back of the court. And the whole the entire defense is focused on SGA, the corner man, and maybe two other people on the right yeah. side. Muscala is never covered in these spots. No, he's not. And he lurks up into the top of the key. And just makes it. Yeah, and he'll be wide open and he'll make it. So he has a lot of IQ there. And he's going to have a bigger role now because we have to keep in mind not only is Gallo gone, Steven Adams is also gone. Nerlens Noel is also gone. Yeah, got we got you. Horford back, but you still need to fill a void. Not only at the center spot, but also a power four. forward. Yeah, the four and the five are going to be our two yeah. biggest uh, places we need to watch out for this year. Um, let's say that we're going to get make or break as a team. Yeah. Because we have the front court ability, which means the back court. Yeah, and I think, honestly, Muscala has been really reliable. He was one of our best scorers in the preseason. Uh, I think in his first game, he went like 5-for-5 five five from the field against San Antonio. And the other two games, he followed it up nicely. I think he's a consistent three-point scorer. And he gives you versatility. 6'11", 240 pounds. He can be your traditional big man. Or he can be used as a power forward. Uh, he can stretch that floor out like I was saying. And people can find him wide open. A defender will need to stay on him. And then even in small ball lineups, he can be your center because he can just stay outside. Yeah, and the center knows, can't just yeah. – center can't camp in the paint because Muscala will make you pay. Yeah, Mike, Mike that's that's the good part about him. Is he, he's versatile from all aspects of the court. Um, he knows what he's doing, so he can make shots. So, yeah, do you think he's going to be a double-digit scorer? I'll, I'll go first yeah, on go what ahead. I think. Yeah, go ahead. I think he's going to be a nine-point-per-game score. I think he's going to be like an eight-point, eight-nine. Just, so, just in the same area. So pretty much what I'm thinking, yeah, too. Yeah, pretty much in the same area. He's, um, he's going to make threes. Uh, that's going to be a no question about that. Um, it's just going to be uh, the consistency. I mean, he's shown consistency. It's just going to be how many looks he's able to make and how yeah. defenses play on him. Yeah, I think he's a very consistent player, and I'd have to agree. I think nine is a solid, uh, a solid benchmark for him. Now moving on to the hot takes. Uh, I'm going to go first because I know Nick is going to be dropping some absolute bombshells. We heard him calling <laughs> Darius Basie like the greatest player of all time not too long ago. <laughs> I'm starting it subtle. Josh Hall, two-way player, um, undrafted free agent. He was a five-star prospect two years ago. He originally committed to NC State, opted to go to prep school for another year. 
didn't get his name called, but immediately got swooped up by the Thunder. This is a scenario that, if you guys remember last year, some guy out of Arizona State by Luke and Ted's door. Yep, right after the draft, he got signed to a two-way deal, and we know how it worked with him. He's with, good. with Hall, I see a similar situation. Um, he kind of is like Darius Baisley almost when we're comparing like the storylines and his his how he just plays. Baisley was a New Balance intern. He was originally a five star prospect. Yeah, the New Balance intern. Yeah, well, that's a that's a bad way to open it up. He was a five star prospect out of high school. Was it was going to go to Syracuse? And then he wanted to go to the G League, and then he was like, you know what, I'm taking an internship of New Balance. Slid to 23rd in the draft, we swooped him up. He has I an interesting storyline, just like Josh Hall, who is a five-star. He's like six foot eight, six foot nine. Just like Baisley, he's known for his ball handling. They're known in high school, that's what Baisley was known for, believe it or not. He was known for his ball handling. Josh Hall is too. Josh Hall's crazy athletic, just like Baisley. And his shot selection is not that great uh, when you look at his tape, but he was somehow hitting them. So I th- I'm really disappointed, number one, that he never got an opportunity in the preseason. Yeah. He was out all three games. But I think he's going to shine with the blue. And we really don't have a pure small forward right now. Like Darius Miller is on the team with us, but he's been out. Uh, Justin Jackson, he's sort of a small forward. Trevor Rees is gone, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but Justin Jackson, I see him more as a four. And Roby, I see him more as a four as well, believe it or not. So there's really a void at small forward. Josh Hall, I think, will be getting minutes with the Thunder. And I think by the end of things, he's going to have his uh, uh, contract upgraded. And he will be just another one of our great rookie players. I think Poku's great. Maladon's great. Josh Hall, get tacked on a list. Really good finisher. Really good ball handler. I don't think he's a power forward like Baisley has kind of turned into. I think he's more of your small forward guy. But he has a unique range of abilities that um, I think will go quite well with the team. I think he's going to have a contract. With it's it. all fun and games until Sam Presti trades him for a draft pick. I don't think that's going to happen, <laughs> my man. <laughs> Do you have any hot takes? Uh, I think that it's going to be Darius Baisley's breakout season along with Shea Gilders Alexander. You know, last year was kind of a breakout season. I think that there's more to the story for both players. Uh, Darius Baisley specifically uh, I think he's going to have some uh, bright bright spots this year um, in his in his rotation uh, role um, I think he's going to be a somebody that SGA is going to be looking for this year yeah for sure um, one, one person who I'm uh, not really excited for is going to be Ty Jerome um, that's a hot take that's a hot what take. what do you think what do you think of Ty Jerome like he's just not I'm, I wasn't a fan of him when he I mean, I know D-Book gave him high praise uh, in, in uh, Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't see that translating over. Um, I'm just kind of – I mean, this offseason, I know we got, we got like third best in offseason moves. I didn't think so. I mean, another hot take is wow. these uh, – by the GMs. Oh, okay. Yeah, by the GMs. Oh, um, wow. I don't know who – what they were saying, but I didn't see it. Um, I, I'm glad uh, with most of our cuts, the only one who I really wish that we kept was Frank Jackson and got rid of a – Ty Jerome, um, TJ Leaf. I don't even know why I even picked him up in the first well, place. Well, we interesting story about TJ Leaf. We um, we got him. We traded Jalen the Q and a, uh, yeah, just Jalen the Q yeah, for TJ Leaf in a second round pick. I wanted to see Jalen the Q. I love Jalen the Q. That guy was fire. He had the mama mentality in his mind. He was out there dunking uh, on people and he just made a name for himself. And I was really disappointed the day that I saw that he was gone. 
Yeah, I was too. I personally, I uh, whenever the trade happened, I immediately started one of these up, and I was praising like, "Oh, Jalen Lequeux might be the best player from the from the trade." In hindsight, that was ridiculous. But I do think Lequeux would have been a great point guard. We I just have a ton would. of them. We already have a ton of them though. So yeah, well, I mean, it's, we just got to see what he does in other places. Where do you go, Indiana? Yeah, he's with the Pacers now. Yeah, pacemakers. Yeah, I think uh, I would rather. Gonna, they're probably gonna waste his talent and send him to the G. No, Lequeux has been playing decent in the pre in the preseason. Oh, he's gonna, they're gonna still find a way to mess him up. Maybe. Yeah. yeah apparently, he apparently didn't fit with us because we moved him. But yeah, yeah. Leafs uh, gone, Schofield gone. And Sam Presti, we trust. I think that he's a. I mean, I'm I'm glad with our key roles. Um, another hot take because our jerseys are pretty fire this year. The what the, what the black blue and red or black. <laughs> the black one, I like it. Yeah, right. it's a pretty hot take, don't you think? <laughs> no, do people are people like throwing these in the trash can or? Yes, people hated them. I actually like them. I think they're pretty fire. That might be the hottest take of this whole entire thing, then, huh? Yeah, and you got you got any other hot takes? I do. I have one more, and I think Alexei Pokachevsky will be receiving some sort of starting minutes. I think even Teo Maladon, like you said, yeah, could also... I see him about thirty twenty games this year. Yeah. Um. Fun fact, by the way, Nick has Teo Maladon on his fantasy team. He picked him, like, last round. I so. picked him last round. That's how much trust I have in Teo. <laughs> um, I think he's going to be a, a versatile player. Um, in this preseason, he showed his effort, and uh, everything that he does, I think he's going to be a great player, and I cannot wait to see what he does for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Absolutely, and I think with Poku, I think he's going to see starting minutes just because 7 feet, 7 foot 3, Ball handling, shooting. He just needs to gain weight. He does need to gain weight, and he I do like think forty pounds. I think once he fills it, he fills up his frame. He's like two hundred and ten right now. Once he, he fills two, it up, two fifty. Yeah, if he fills it up, he can play small forward. But I kind of like the idea of him He's, playing. I, I see him like as, as a Kevin Durant. Well, <laughs> I like him at small forward personally, and I think <laughs> if uh, Poku can fill out the frame, um, he will be able to kind of get big with some of these people because of the frame, but. Just the play style, I do think he's going to be a hot and cold guy where he will have games where he's one for eight, and then he'll have games where he's like 20 for 20. Sure. He's going to have games where he's, he's dropping 20 points on really high efficiency. So it's really a hit or miss with Poku, I think, in the in the terms of some of these rookie games. But in the long run, he's a great prospect. And I think even by the end of the season, he will have some time starting at the small forward position. So, uh, yeah. but. Other than that, I think that's all the hot takes that we have, and that is going to conclude the episode. Uh, so, yeah, other than that, guys, uh, there's nothing else. We really appreciate you guys coming in and listening to the podcast. It means a lot to me, too. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I mean, this yeah, is, I, I, just, I just am blessed for the opportunity you've been. Absolutely. It means the world for me. No worries. You're getting a phone call and tell me to uh, get down here in 20 minutes. No worries. We might call you back another time. But other Thank than you. that, um, we will see you all. See ya. Thank you.